Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Second Kings chapter two, find verse one, New International 1984 version. When the Lord is about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company, the prophets, Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elijah said, but you do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elijah. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives, I'll not leave you. I'll not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company, the prophets of Jericho went to Elijah, asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Verse six, and Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. And so the two of them walked on. Everybody say, walk on. Walk on. Fifty men of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak or mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. And the water was divided to the right and the left. If you have the King James, it says hither and thither, which I just like saying. <laughs> and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before, you're, before I am taken from you? Quote, he says, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Would you say that? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elijah replied, verse 10. He said, you've asked a difficult thing. Yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it'll be yours. Otherwise not. Some conditions there. As, you were walking, as they were walking along together, suddenly a chariot of fire and the horses appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. And Elijah saw it and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elijah saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them apart. And he picked up the cloak or he picked up the mantle that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. And he took off his mantle or his cloak that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. Quote, where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked, and when he struck the water, it divided hither and thither to the right and the left. And he crossed over the company, the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed down to the ground before him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you've done already and for your presence that's so very real here this morning. We don't take you for granted. We have no performance to give. 
We don't consider ourselves professional. We want you. We love you. We thank you for the freedom and worship and the unction of your spirit that's here. Anoint these lips of clay, oh God, I ask, that all those that here now and in the future would be transformed because your word has gone forth and no, does not return void. Have your will, have your way. We won't stop you. We won't hinder you. May the gifts be in operation. May every life be touched and changed. When, we, when we're done today, when we finish watching this service, when we're finished, finished here in this 9 a.m. service, may we say God has spoken to us and something's happened. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, we do have notes. And so uh, let, let me say I keep no promise to stick to them. But they're good, and I did spend time on them, and perhaps it'll help you, so we'll see what the Lord will do. Vision. Everybody say vision. vision. Without vision, people perish. Without vision, it's hard to get around. I, I have pushed off and delayed the use of spectacles up until just recently. And uh, I guess there's LASIK surgery you can get, and then you don't have to wear glasses. But spiritually, let me ask you, what is the vision that you have for your life? What is the vision you have for your marriage? What's the vision you have for your family? What's the vision you have for your, your business? What's the vision you have for your church, pastors? What's the vision you have for your life, for your kids? God gives vision. The Bible says without vision, my people perish. It is said in Samuel chapter one that people, there was no widespread revelation. So people cast off restraint. Wherever there's a lack of vision, there is there's, well, there's the enemy involved because God is a God of vision. He gives vision. We've been traveling uh, more than I would care to on assignment and uh, fulfilling some debts of love in different places and other things were scheduled. Other ones were really mandated by the Holy Spirit and we ended up being gone longer than I would choose. But you stuck with me now. Hallelujah. I'm back home. Pastor Karen's back home. On our trip, Pastor Karen was walking through this, uh, it's the mansion at Elmendorf, El, not Elmendorf, Elfendale. <laughs> Close. The mansion at Elfendale in Springfield, which we own as a church. We have a church there. If you're ever going through Springfield and you want to go to a really cool bed and breakfast, it's the mansion at Elfendale. And so we have a church that's connected. That's King Springfield, pastored by Dr. Janelle Morocco. And so we're having a power conference there and she had a, a stack of books in her computer and she walks through this door. Well, there was a rock that was used to hold the door open, but it was moved to the center of the doorway. You know, just as you would walk through the door, there's a rock. It didn't get moved out of the way. So she's carrying things. She can't see the rock. So she trips on it, throws everything in the air very gracefully. And her computer sprawls and bounces and we're like, Lord, my computer. Anybody know what that's like? She couldn't see. If you don't have vision, that's the way it's like. That's the way it is. You just sort of bump around. And I want to tell you in your life, you were created to have vision. God made you really called you, called me, called all of his people to be visionaries. All of us dreamers, a lot of different ways to say that. So we've been in a series on vision. And so I want to ask you as we move into this message now and on your notes, are you pursuing a vision? What is the dream that you're pursuing? 
What is the hope, the a hope vision? We've talked about vision. We've talked about how to get vision and what to do with vision. And last week we talked about the tests of vision. And by the way, welcome back, Pastor Tammy. Your husband looks emaciated. You can't leave anymore. Amen. No, you look great, Scott. I'm just saying. We missed you. Welcome home. Vision. What's the vision you have for your life? Elijah has a vision he, that he declares, and it's a vision to have the double portion of the anointing, a double portion of the enablement, a double portion of the Spirit of God. That'll be hard to read. A double portion of the Spirit of God, thank you, that's upon Elijah's life. He's like, I want that. I want the double. Everybody say, I want the double. And there's a preparation that he goes through. And I would tell you that you're in a preparation. We're in a preparation. We're in pre part of this morning's, which we didn't really talk about, but Pastor Kirsten and I, that there was, you know, we're going to make an announcement, a housekeeping announcement, so that preparing to move to the new building. How many of you know when you move to a new house, you got to pack your stuff, you got to get ready. You know, you might have some more rooms. In this case, we have a lot more rooms, a lot more room. Glory to God. We'll fill it very quickly. There's a preparation. So in your, the vision that God has for you is he gives you vision. I don't have any vision. Stick around. You'll find it. You, you know, one of the things I've found is if you'll partner with, walk with, if you'll covenant with, you hang out with people that have vision, you end up getting vision. If you hang out with stupid, then that's not your cousin. I'm just saying some people, it's certainly not your husband or your wife, just some people are aimless. Some people don't work hard. Some people have no character, no work ethic. They're not committed to anything. Okay, so if you partner with that, then I'm going to just tell you the not committed to anything, don't work hard. Come on, Paul talks about it. Like, I, I'm off my notes already. Paul talks about it. Don't hang out with a lazy person. You hang out with a lazy person, he says you're not even supposed to eat with somebody who doesn't work. Now, there are people that don't work because they're handicapped or they've got challenges, or they've, and don't tell me you're retired. You want to die early, just sit around and watch the daisies. You get to work. You're retired maybe from your job. Glory to God. Come to the church. We'll give you another job. Amen. It's refired. There's a movement. I've seen it, Wally. I've seen it to all of the classics. Those are 55 and over, or 50, or something like that. Raise your hand if you're a classic. I've seen a movement of, of classic senior people walking with power and authority. They're not, they're not castaways. This culture, this cancer culture would just say, well, you're too old. I got news for you. You're just right. And I hang out and I, I look forward to spending time with people that have vision. And I've done that for 20 something years. And as I've done that, something's gotten on me walking with Dr. Morocco. He's a visionary. And we've had this prophetic apostolic vision. Wally's a visionary. Pastor Kirsten, he's a visionary. Our church is filled with people that are filled with vision. Because that's the plan that God has. That's, the, that's how he brings it. When he should do great things in the earth, he finds a man, he finds a woman, he finds a people, and he drops vision in their heart. And if they'll move forward in that, then the, the, that vision will come to pass. And it grows. So this preparation for vision, there's, there's a preparation for moving into a new place. There's a preparation for a new season, and, and you're in it. You're always preparing for the next season. What about the season you're in? Enjoy it, work hard, do your best, pray, 
but there's another season coming. All right. Preparation for fulfillment of the vision. Preparation. So God spoke to Elijah to have Elijah succeed him as prophet. Now we know that because of previous, previous chapter. He defeats the prophets of Baal. He runs from, from, from a Jezebel. You know he was tired. Just killed all her prophets. Fire came down on the altar. He's weary. I don't know. Got disillusioned. Intense warfare. He runs, and without going into that whole text, he ends up at the mountain of God. He ends up at the cave, very likely the cave that Moses was in. And the Lord comes and speaks to him, not in the wind, not in the fire, but in the still, small voice. For those of you that know the video. And so he hears from the Lord. And the Lord, the Lord tells him, what are you doing here? He says, I'm the only one. He says, no, you're not. There's 7,000 other people. There's 7,000 others that haven't bowed the knee. And he gives him instruction. He gives him vision for the close of his life. Now, it could have been, I just want to throw this out. It is possible that Elijah failed and yielded to fear. This is going to sting just a little bit. He yielded. It's possible. Everybody say it's possible. And even probable that he yielded to fear and didn't stand in faith ran away from Jezebel, and the result or the consequences of that was you're now done. I need somebody else because somebody else is going to move into this next thing, can't have fear on them. And uh, good job, but you're now done. It's an interesting thought. It is certainly a biblical one that if you yield to fear and you shrink back, you'll go on to destruction. So I don't want to make some new thing about that, but it is certainly possible. I guess when we get to heaven, we know. So when he comes out of the, the, the still small voice and God speaks to him and they go through this dialogue, he says, all right, get the horn of oil and anoint the next king, anoint the next prophet in your stead, which is Elijah, Elisha. So we know previously, prior to these verses, that Elijah has been called by God to be the next prophet of God. It's powerful verses of scripture as he walks through and he, throw, he sees Elijah, he comes, he finds him and he, and he throws his mantle on him. And what ends up happening is he has a giant barbecue. How many of you like barbecue? 12 yoke of oxen, a picture of governmental authority, a picture of power, a picture of, of power to get the harvest in. It's also a picture of wealth. 12 yoke of oxen, it's a, lot, it's, a, it's a lot of John Deere power in that century. He slaughters them all, he burns them all, and he says goodbye to farming, and he then is now the hand washer to the prophet. It's a picture of commitment. Elijah showed commitment. Elijah was committed to his calling. I have seen over and over and over people who have been called by God, but they're not committed. If you're going to fulfill the vision, the dream that God has for you, you're going to need to be committed. It has taken tremendous resolve to build the building. Wally, thank you. It's not just resolve of one man. It's all of us resolving. You could have gotten weary. Some people got weary and left. I mean, God bless us. I'll be back when I just can't. There's too many people. I can't. There's no parking. I can't. And that's fine. But it takes commitment to, to do something for God. And, and it, it's not fun sometimes. 
I've had times when I've felt the pressure come on me so strong that I begin to weep. And then shortly thereafter, rising with fresh strength and resolve to do what God called you to do. I love what Chris Valentin said at our lunch that we had lunch with uh, 40 or 50 leaders from across the valley. He said, there's something amazing about Alaskans. He said, you don't have the best climate in the world, but it is produced in people a tenacity and a resolve that if God tells you to go to the other side and finish doing what you're doing, it does not matter how the wind blows. The mountain cannot bow. It doesn't matter what happens. You're going to finish. Brother Walla, we, we talked about that years ago. You said Alaskans are different. I'm an Alaskan. I've been here 15 years. I'm kind of sourdough, call it whatever you want. There's tenacity and it takes commitment. It takes tenacity to do something for God. You say, I don't, I don't want to do that. Well, then you can just, you know, get what you get, I guess. I mean, it's up to you. Somebody said to me, you know, you're a little extra. Well, maybe they're a little nominal. I read that in a meme somewhere, so don't get offended. I didn't make it up, but I'm just saying, I'm not here to be nominal. I don't, I don't even see it. I don't ever see that in scripture. I see lives of men and women who were touched by God. And then when they get touched by God, they're like, I don't care where you go. You can go to Gilgal. You can go to Bethel. You can go to Jericho. I ain't leaving. I'm an Alaskan. I'm going to stay in the, I'm staying in the yoke. I ain't going to quit. I ain't turning to the right or the left. I've set my face like a flint, says Jesus, towards Jerusalem. I'm going to finish what God called me to do. And I want to tell you, you will never fulfill the vision that God has for your life if you don't have tenacity, you don't have commitment. The people of Meros and Deborah's day were cursed. Cursed be Meros, for they did not come to the help against the mighty. They were not committed. And there are people that think it's like, it's like a pipe dream. You know what a pipe dream is? I think the derivation of this is you're sitting and you're smoking a pipe, which is back in that day, tobacco. It's not meth, marijuana, cannabis, whatever. And you're dreaming, huh, man, wouldn't that be awesome? You know, some of you have a wishbone and really what you need, you don't need a wishbone. You need a backbone and it requires commitment. It re you say, well, I don't have one. Okay. Well, you can grow a spine keep coming. Come on. Somebody say grow a spine. He was willing. To, that should be probably one of our points. <laughs> grow a spine. He was willing to serve. And I, I love that about him. We're talking about vision and we're talking about fulfillment of vision. You got to get a vision. You got to be committed. You got to be committed. He was committed. He says, no, I'm not leaving you. I mean, even his own mentor is saying, why don't you stay here? No, no, I'm going with you. He was willing to serve so often in ministry. And I've seen it in the marketplace. I just, you know, you see it in life that people just want to be promoted right away, elevated because they can sing or because they got some talent or because they have some money or because they have, some listen, you got to serve. You gotta serve. Why? Because it does something for you when you serve, and it does something in your life. When you begin to serve the Lord, it releases a corresponding anointing. 
It releases a what? A corresponding anointing. Pastor Kirsten, would you help me a moment? All right, like that. Put your foot right there. Right against mine, all the way against mine. Like that. No, no, like that. Right there. And then you want to step back a little bit. Okay, so if I, if I try to push him, I don't want you to let me push you over. So push, oh. push back. Oh, okay. okay, so he's pushing back, right? I'm push harder. You push harder. There's a corresponding pressure so that he doesn't fall over. When you begin to serve, the power of God comes on you to the degree that you're committed to serve. And so many people are like, I want the, I want the fresh manna. I want the shock and awe. That's just in Tennessee, shock and awe is the Shekinah, the glory. I want the glory. You, can't come, you don't come to morning prayer. You don't have a prayer time. You're not in the word. I know you can't make it because you're, you're, you're driving somewhere to work or you know, God calls you to serve. And when you put, get your shoulders in the yoke, it could be children's ministry. It could be marketplace ministry. It's in the community, but it certainly is connected to the house of the Lord. And when you begin to serve, something happens. There is a corresponding power from the Holy Spirit to do it, not only in the house, but remains on you when you're outside the house, like at your job. The blessing and the favor of God. He was willing to serve. Come on, somebody say willing to serve. When Jehoshaphat asked for a prophet, he says, is there a prophet? And we're like, no, yeah, no. Oh, there's the water boy. Who? You know that guy who used to wash the hands of the Tishbite? It doesn't say that. I'm just, I like saying Tishbite too. Let's see, last name of Elijah, the Tishbite. The hand washer. The hand washer. I've watched you pouring into your grandson. It's not been in vain, and I know you know that. He's been the hand washer of Wally helping you. Something's happened to him, and I, I prophetically tell you that. And while he prepared prophetic word for Andrew, while he prepared for a certain um, uh, career and calling, actually, he also needed this, and the Lord put it in him. And there's something unique and um, divine that's taken place. And as we complete our building and you begin to go out, he must go with you. Because what will happen is this, as you brought teams before, he needs to be on one of your teams to go out because there's going to be something that's transforming inside that young man. That's beyond, he'd never get it at university. Listen, you, you, I'm, I'm in university. Praise God for education. Education doesn't bring the anointing. Doesn't bring the empowerment. Doesn't bring the favor. There's something that there's a mantle that's being passed to him and really anybody else that's willing to come and serve you. Let me just say it that way. We're to serve the Lord. Can you say a better amen than that? Amen. All right. Serve. He was willing to serve. He was a hand washer. And then he came and he prophesied steps to take to fulfill your vision. Number one or a be sensitive to the voice of the Lord. Be sensitive to his voice. You've got to be seeking the Lord. What is God saying to you now? He said, well, he's not saying anything. I'm retired. What are you talking about? Yes, he's talking to you. He's talking to me. He's talking. He's always talking. He's always speaking. Be sensitive to the voice of the Lord. There's many voices. You have your voice. The enemy has a voice. The world has a voice. Your next door neighbor has a voice. You need to learn to hear God's voice. What is the Lord saying? 
I was spending time in prayer yesterday and I'm like, Lord, there's a particular challenge that we're facing. And I'm thinking, God, what's the solution here? You know, I'm, 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 I'm meditating on this third world, third world, third heaven, third heaven solutions for my first world problem, realizing that there's a demonic assignment trying to break things up. And I'm thinking, Lord, what's the solution? So as I'm praying, I'm praying in the spirit and the most unusual idea comes to my mind that I would never pick up. I wouldn't have the thought because it crosses over something that I wouldn't want to do. Does that make sense? I'm not talking about sin. I'm just talking about an idea that I would never come up with myself because it's, just a, it's, it's, it's arrogant or maybe presumptuous or uh, would provide maybe a pressure upon an individual or a person or a group of people. I'm being very vague on purpose. And as I walked away, I thought, gosh, that's almost like, that's like, I think that's the Lord. So I'm, I'm praying into that. That was yesterday. How do you know it's the Lord? I'm not 100% sure yet. How do you know? You pray. You got to be sensitive to God's voice. So I'm looking for God to continue to speak to me. I've asked him to confirm things. I've asked him to speak. You know, Wally, thank you so much again for doing the building. God spoke to you. What most people don't know is that I was called to be the project manager, except I was called by man to do it. And it, well, meaning as it was. Now, I can't build a chicken coop, which some of you know, and that's a whole nother message. And so the Lord spoke to me and says, you can't build both. You can't build my house and the house of the Lord. And I knew what he meant. You stay in the lane that you're in. Well, who's going to do it? Because in all of, in many of our other projects, it was always the pastor. And you, you go and it's the pastor as a project manager and all that kind of stuff. That's an old wineskin. And I just knew, my God, at that time, I could hardly spell my name. Things have changed. I've been healed since then. But, but I'm thinking, Lord. I told doctor, I said, I'm not managing. I'm, I'm not the project manager. I'm not going to learn. I'm not, I'm, it'll be terrible. Well, you better pray that God gives you someone. Can I tell you what I did? Oh, buddy. I prayed. I called out to God. I, we interceded. We began to just go, God, you've got to bring us like a modern day Noah. You got to bring us up. Oh, God. Meet Wally. Him, him being sensitive to the voice. I'm using some real life illustrations to help you in your life. What's the vision? You've got to be committed. These are steps now to fulfill your vision. Be sensitive to the voice of the Lord. Be what? Sensitive to the voice of, your, of the Lord. God had already spoken to him. You know, if you see me while I'm gone, you can have it. He wasn't going to leave him. He wasn't going. Can't separate me. Can't, can't keep me away. There's a preparation for fulfillment. He didn't get sidetracked. Oh my goodness. Jesus, help me right now. He didn't get sidetracked. Some of you are, you're sidetracked off your sidetrack. You've got, you know, ADD in the vision. Something happened to me and I've shared this. It's this revolutionary thing for me. And it's, uh, it's the Italian word for tomato, which is pomodoro. It's a, it's a study technique. 25 minutes on, five minutes off. 25 minutes, serious focus. I mean, like, don't look up, don't touch your phone, don't talk to anybody. You're not, you're not doing anything but focusing on what that task is for 25 minutes. And then when it's over, five minutes, go ahead and look at squirrels, do whatever you want. Uh, but at the end of five minutes, lock and load again. 
And somehow, the way that my personality is, and the grace of God, and my wife praying for me, and, and a lot of help, I stumbled upon this it's tomato, the tomato method, Pomodoro. And it's become this competitive thing for me when I lock in. I set my timer, and I'm not looking up. I'm not dealing with anything but the task at hand. And I focus and focus and focus and focus. And ding! I'm like, whoa! Ah, ah, whoa! That was, hey! Glory to God! I got five minutes to go look at squirrel. Squirrel! Squirrel! Some of you are so distracted. God called you to do this thing, but you're distracted with making money. Oh, did I say? God called you to do something, but you're not willing to focus to get the education. You're not willing to follow through to do what God called you to do. You're constantly distracted, and this happens, and that happens, and that happens. And I, I have been guilty of that, and it's an assignment. These blasted phones are amazing that you could walk around with an office in your hand. And yet at the same time, they can sever you. I mean, Wally said, you know, he usually talks to us in our sleep because we're too distracted. Some of you are so distracted, you can't focus on anything. I'm not feeling the love right now. Don't get sidetracked. Everybody say, don't get sidetracked. Somebody said to me, you know what you need to do? You need to do this and this and this. Well, I didn't hear that from the Lord, so you can, thanks for your opinion. I'm sweet about it, and I'll go and pray. Here's what you need to do. I'll go and pray. And the Lord's like, no, you're not doing that. You stay right in what I called you to do. One of the reasons that things have happened the way that it is here is because we're all functioning and flowing in our, in our bandwidth. Can you say amen? Ever-expanding bandwidth. Express the vision. Look at C. Express the vision. What is it that, that Elijah, what is it that he said to Elijah? I want the double portion. What do you want God to do? Seek, knock, ask, express the vision. What are you believing God to do? And you don't share that with everybody because there's people that are just, you know, they're the way they are. They, they, Jesus says, don't cast your pearl before swine. It's, it's the understanding that there are precious things of faith that not everybody can agree with. And it's just, you'll have people say, oh, come on. I've been laughed at plenty of times. So I have a tendency not to share things with people to laugh at me. Why is that? Because that's not what I need. I, I need somebody to encourage me. I thank God for the Aaron and her. You need people in your life that you can express vision to. But write it down. Make it plain. It, the, the Bible talks about that running with vision. Write it down. Make it plain. What are you believing God to do? Some of you understand this. You've written things down. If you were to show it to, it to folks, it'd be like, what? You've lost your mind. Yes, I have the mind of Christ. I needed to lose my old mind because my old mind was polluted. <laughs> Express your vision. Keep in mind that fulfillment of vision is conditional. What do you mean? That means you've got to do your part. You know, the Lord's wanted to do something huge in this valley for a long time. And I'm convinced that, you know, we might be like our eighth or tenth choice. And not that we've arrived, but forgetting that which lies behind, we press on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You can let go today and lose it. You could, you could, it's conditional. There's promises of God are yes and amen, but you have to do what, what is required of you to do it. If you're going to see a great outpouring, if you're going to see the vision come to pass in your business, you're going to see vision come to pass in your life, if you're going to see vision come to pass in your marriage, listen, marriage, maybe you need some marriage counseling. See, my, 
my husband and my, my wife, we haven't, we haven't been together in years. You need healing. Children's church is upstairs, man. Mostly. You need healing. So well, we just can't work anything out. No, you're, you're messed up. You need to get help. Oh, I fell out of love. You're an idiot. Did I say that? Oh, I just, I just, I don't have any feelings. Seriously, right now? Feelings are overrated. Love, how do we know what love is? What is love? That one man lays down his life for another. That's what love is. So you go through seasons and changes in life and you feel like, oh, he just doesn't understand me or he doesn't listen to me. That's probably true. Did you say amen? Hey, what's going on right here? <laughs> Everybody say fulfillment's conditional. Piano, please. E, walk in the vision. Walk in it. Walk in it. Keep one foot in front of the, it's the, the um, Frosty the Snowman, say, the sage Frosty, had some things right. <laughs> Put one foot in front of the other. Just, just keep moving forward in the vision. Walk in it. Walk in it. Where'd you get that? He got the mantle. What do you think he did? Do you think he framed it and put it in his, do you think he put it in his house? Yes. One day I saw, and that was the mantle. Isn't it pretty? Isn't that nice? Yeah. Wow. No, that's not what he did. He took the mantle and he struck the water hither and thither. He used it. When you walk in the anointing, you, you got to take a risk. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Got to walk in it. He picked up the mantle of Elijah and he struck the door. Okay, what's God saying to us? Very simply, A, character is very, very important. If you're going to fulfill vision, you got to have character. If you don't have character, then you're in trouble. And you got to, you got to grow it. You got to grow character. It's amazing. It takes a whole lifetime to develop a, a good reputation and one moment to destroy it. Character, but it's a character. It's what's under the ground. It's, it's what people can't see. Do you have it? If you weren't going to get caught and nobody would know, would you do it? First of all, God knows everything. So, and I'll say this, you've heard politicians say my private life and my public life are two separate things. I'm going to say this to you. Your private life will soon become your public life and what is in secret will be shouted on the rooftops. So, so what you live in private is what will be expressed eventually in public. And we see far too much of that. Character is seen when people fall. Faith is a part of character. Faith, confident assurance of what you cannot see. It's an aspect of your character. You gotta grow that. There's the gift of faith that comes, but then there's growing your faith, taking steps of faith. All right, look at B. What are you willing to do to fulfill your personal vision? What are you willing to do? I was talking to Dr. Morocco last night. And I hate to keep bringing it up as an illustration, but it's just so real and fresh for me. And I'm hoping that in using my life as an example, it'll encourage you to do what you think you can't do. I've gone back to school to get my degree full time. 
So I'm a full-time college student and a full-time pastor. And yet at the same time, doing my full-time college classes, it would be a horrible lack of integrity to let that impinge on my responsibilities as a pastor. It would be sin. So I, I have not, and I have a schedule. You know what it is? I don't basically have any free time. So, oh, you're gonna burn out. No, you're, I ain't gonna burn out. You, I'm gonna I'm obey. I'm gonna obey and be refreshed and be, you said, somebody said, you're burning out, you preach too much. Are you kidding me? This is where I get to, this is where I get filled and touched and strengthened as well as my prayer closet. There's certain steps you have to take. So as, I, as I've taken those steps, God has miraculously helped me. You gotta be willing to do your personal, what God's called you to do. What are you willing to do? So I had a promise from the Lord, if you'll finish your degree, I have something for you in the future. I don't know if that's when I'm 80, maybe, but maybe it's next year. All I know is it's ahead. And as we started to move forward and the thing of responsibility with time and all that, impossibility in the natural. God has miraculously helped me. I'm telling you that, will you get the marriage counseling for God's sake? Will you, will you serve? Will you be a part of a team? Come on, I'm preaching better than your amen. And will you serve somewhere? What are you willing to do to see the vision fulfilled? We will have, listen, I'm not stuttering. We will have 10% of the population will be in the church. How do you know that? Because God spoke to me. That's what's going to happen. Those about 10,000 people. But if it's just a, a big basket that's really bright on the inside, that's a horrible mistake. We need to be a city on a hill that transforms our whole, our, there's, there's, our, our new building is wonderful. It's far too small to fit the entire community in. We need a great move of God in every church and in the marketplace. What's he saying to the church? <laughs> I recalled this from Dr. Morocco. He said, you know, many people, they hire a pastor. And by the way, you didn't hire me. So you can't fire me, consequently. <laughs> God called me here. I'm not here by some hiring. That would be a hireling. That's not any of my staff. That's, that's not me. It's not my wife. But many times a church will hire a pastor to do all the work. See pastor run. See pastor pray. See pastor give. See pastor witness. <laughs> yeah, that's not my job. Oh, I'll do all that and I am. My job is to fire you up. My job is to preach to you and minister to you and through a team that's amazing, amazing team here and your kids that we'd raise up a people that are full of vision that'll go forward. As a church, we're gonna reach this community, but we're gonna transform this community. We're gonna plant churches all over the state, all over the nation, all over the nations of the world. God is releasing vision. The time has shifted, things have changing. Are you willing to do what it takes to see it fulfilled? Come on, stand up on your feet. Are you willing to do what it takes to see it fulfilled? Lift your hands to the heavens and just call on his name. Ask God to help you. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you.